What's going on, everybody? It's a man shops. New episode of the Load Management Podcast. We got Adam out in LA, Zion here in New York. I'm at my apartment in New York. And we have a very special guest today calling in, CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers, host of the Pull Up Podcast. CJ, what's going on, man? I'm just chilling, man. Appreciate y'all having me on. We appreciate you calling in. Obviously, uh, everybody's got a lot of time on their hands right now. No problem at all. We just sitting here worldwide watching and waiting for uh, any type of good news in terms of progress towards the virus and everything that's happening. Right. I was about to uh, about to say, like, what are you doing to kind of like fill your day? Obviously, you have the podcast. You were one of the first NBA guys to get on the podcast wave. But uh, like, what are you doing to fill your day? It's interesting, man. I'm actually going to work out in a little bit. Um, order some equipment, got some kettlebells in, got some more stuff coming um, day by day. Got a little puppy. Uh, we fostered from the Oregon uh, dog shelter. So that's been going uh, well and interesting task i'm gonna give her a bath today because it's time <laughs> you start to smell a little bit but outside of that um cooking going on walks playing household games uh, a little bit of everything so cj have you been like the rest of us before this equipment comes have you been doing the prison workouts just a ton of push-ups like air squats just making do with whatever you have around the house you said the prison workouts you gotta you gotta do a prison, little yeah, you, everyone's doing prison workouts right now <laughs> Yeah, everybody, basically everybody's doing prison workouts. So you just keep doing your push-ups, doing your dips, doing your jump roping, um, essentially whatever it takes, honestly. How many people tagged you on IG in the in the push-up challenge thing? Too many. I, I responded like once or twice, and then it just kept coming. It's like overwhelming um, to the point where like they would tag me in it, and I would like heart it and laugh and be like, stop it. <laughs> Like you're not trying to do like a thousand push-ups in one day. No, I'm, not, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Um, I want to do push-ups at my leisure. I don't have to post about the push-ups. Um, it's getting out of control. I think that we need to like post like a reading a book challenge or something like so something that's more relaxing and laid back. Like just just chill out and read books. But how many push-ups can you knock out in one set? What's your record? It depends on my mood, honestly. Um, I've definitely done over 50 before, but it just depends on like where I'm at. Like, am I training like combine training where I'm bench pressing and I'm doing all that stuff, or am I just doing my normal day to day workouts? But locking them all out full extension, I could get over 50. CJ, I just got to say, I'm from Cleveland, so to Northeast Ohio guys here. Uh, speaking of push ups, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield did some push-ups the other day, and they were not very great, and he got a lot of flack for them. Did you see Baker's push-ups? I haven't seen the push-ups, but I can't wait to check them out. And I think that's so social media. That's so us to make fun of someone for doing push-ups and, and quote-unquote not doing them the right way. Was his button there, or did he just look very uh, unathletic? How, how how are we feeling about the Browns right now, real quick? Because these guys don't want to talk about the Browns, but I got to get some Browns talk with you. Nobody on this podcast except for you two cares about the Browns, but go ahead. Talk Browns football. We got to. You, you don't understand because you're not a Browns fan, but when you're a Browns fan, there's a deep connection to this team. Man, and no matter what, we're going we're gonna to root for the Browns. So, CJ, how are we feeling about next year? Last year is over. How are we feeling about next year? I think the future is bright. I don't know when it's going to get bright, but 
I do feel like we're in a position where we have the pieces. Um, we have a, a quarterback who's learning and growing. He's going to get more familiar with uh, his new staff and, and players around him. This is the year. Two of him, OBJ and Juice. We had uh, Austin from from the Falcons. We got a running back who's on a mission. Uh, one of the best running backs in the NFL. We're going to draft a lineman, probably the lineman from Louisville. So I like where we're heading, like the direction we're heading towards. Just more about being consistent, you know. We can't keep getting penalized every night and really hurting ourselves as we have in the past. And we tighten up some of that stuff. I think we can go nine and seven and potentially get in at the wild card. There we go. There's an extra wild card team this year. This guy. If the Browns, if the Browns don't make the playoffs this year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry, 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 cry. Bro, they're not gonna make the playoffs. We know this. Y'all been through this. Last year, y'all off season champs. This year, you're claiming yourself as off season champs. We know what this is. The end result is, and Odell's getting traded before the season. You heard it here first. No, Odell ain't getting traded, bro. That ain't happening. That's happening. Bro. Too early. We got to do at least two years, three years of the experiment. Right? You can't just – it'd be dumb to trade him right now. It'd be dumb to trade him right now. That's CJ, I'm right there with you. The future is bright. We don't know when that brightness is going to come through, but the future is very bright. I'm with you on that. Why don't we talk about how you you had them in the Super Bowl last year, Chops? Well, you know what? Like I said, Browns fans are irrational, so I did predict them to win the Super Bowl. I've already bet on them to win the next Super Bowl, so you know what? I'm an irrational fan. What do you want me to say? You might as well just lit your money on fire. Well, that's basically what I did last year. <laughs> CJ, we got to ask, because you, you've been doing some social media stuff. You were on live on the NBA account the other day. And you, go. you made fun of Jamal Murray, and it took over the internet. <laughs> what, what exactly did I say again? I can't remember. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was just reading the comments, but he said, uh, they said, my pubes look like Jamal Murray. <laughs> Honestly, man, I was just reading the comment. I thought it was funny. Um, I think a lot of people thought it was funny. My facial hair right now is looking crazy. <laughs> In weeks, I think I'm going I'm to shrink it out and see how long I can go. But um, yeah, Jamal's my homie, man. Um, he's having a great year. Shout out to him. He got, he got paid. He got a lot of bread. Well deserved. Uh, bright future ahead for him. How quickly did that move through the uh, the NBA group text? Uh, both it happening and then both your uh, your IG live moment. Um, I didn't think it was a big deal. You know me. I like I just I live my life and I don't really uh, worry about what people think or. How things are, how things are going to be taken. Like if I feel something, or if I want to say something, I say it and I move on. But I didn't really think it was a big deal. Like just read a comment. We were talking. I was talking about my pup. Kept it moving. And then it's so slow now because there's no sports. So everyone kind of picked it up and, and ran with it. <laughs> well, I was about to say the reason it became such a big thing is because there's nothing else for people to talk about on any of these shows. You know, like I, Skip Bayless is talking about. Uh, the Ray Allen LeBron shot today because he there's literally nothing else for people to talk about. So I, I so I, I think that's why uh, it kind of blew up like it did, you know? Oh, no, it was kind of wild too. <laughs> you know, it was wild too. I'm trying to give CJ, you know, like. Uh, hey, I, I respect it. I respect it. I, I was cracking up. I was dying. So I, I'm a fan of it. All right. Zion, we'll get Zion. Zion's just basically here. Cause he, he went to Lehigh as you did CJ. 
And Zion's also a Duke fan, though. So obviously, man. there's some there's some stuff there. Man, I was a Duke fan before I was a Lehigh fan. So you know, I I I, I heard of Lehigh because you know Lehigh beat Duke. That's literally how I found out about Lehigh. And you know, it's a good a good academic school. You know, CJ knows journalism. You know, you know about that. Great, a great academic school. Um, learned a lot. Great people there. Love the campus. Beautiful campus. Lifelong memories. And I've always hated this. I've always been North Carolina fan. <laughs> oh no! Nah. Oh no! Nah. That's why we're here. We're here for your Duke hate. Yeah, that's probably why you had to cook Austin Rivers like that. I, I respect it. Seventy-five percent of this podcast right now on this podcast hates Duke. So yeah, it's you know it's just something about the Blue Devils. Um, but you know what? I got a lot of respect for Coach K. I know a lot of Duke players like Mason Plumley, Austin Rivers, uh, Seth. Although Seth is like partial Dukey because he started as one of the mid-major warriors and then transferred there. So he's not He's not like a culture Duke player. Uh, G. Trent only did like Three months. <laughs> no, nah, they, they're still part of the. They're still part of the Duke brother. Relax, don't 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 strip. Them. I got to bring What'd up you play? on our last podcast. Zion said that the Kyrie Duke team. If Kyrie doesn't get hurt, they go undefeated. How crazy of a take is that? Uh, it's so long ago. I don't even remember. Were they undefeated with him playing? Yeah, it was. A, but it was like the first eight nine games. So you think they were going to go thirty something and all? Yes, just because, bro, they, that team won the championship the year before, and they're returning everybody basically from that team, and then you add the best player in the country. But you're also spinning a hypothetical involving a person that gets injured every five games. So there's no way in hell Kyrie would have stayed healthy throughout that entire season. But that's what – But that's I mean, what. I think Kyrie was good enough to take them to the championship and potentially win it, but I think they would have probably lost the game at some point, rivalry game. You know how that goes. You play on the road. That's true. Uh, different environments. Like, I think they were going to have to win a championship, absolutely. But in terms of going undefeated, you know how hard it is to win every game? Kentucky tried it. They, <laughs> yeah, but, like, teams get lucky. They mess around and lose to Boston College in the road. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Never go Florida State. And you mess around and lose to Florida State. That's true. And that Kentucky team had a much better roster than the Duke roster. No, they did. But... It did. Look at it. Look it up. Much Next more, topic. Way more pros. Next topic. <laughs> I think that just proves that we all really – I think someone said today would have been the first round of the Sweet 16, so it really just sucks that there's no March Madness on TV right now. Obviously, it sucks that there's no NBA as well. Uh, CJ, have you thought about – because Jared Dudley just tweeted that NBA players would need four weeks to ramp up before they start playing again. And this was in response to Mark Cuban saying he thinks before June you guys are back. Have you put any thought into how much time you would need? Man, I'm not even sure, honestly. I know we definitely will need time. That's for certain. I know we will need time to kind of tighten everything up and get back in the swing of things. But in terms of how much, I'm not sure. I think it will depend on how long we're off. Like, Are we going to be off two more months, three more weeks? You know what I mean? Like that, I think all those things will kind of determine how much time we need, but I think he's, he's on to something. We can't jump right into the playoffs. We need a little bit of tune up guys. We need training camp mainly because we can't even access gyms right now, depending on where you're at in the country. Um, we've been discouraged to go to gyms. We've been discouraged to go to the practice facilities. So 
we're in a unique situation and position where it's hard to physically train outside of what you can do in the household. And then it's another thing, get into basketball shape, right? Like actual game shape, right? Right. And you don't want to risk injury or, or seeing someone hurt because of lack of movement, lack of work. And then they try to ramp back up to an actual game uh, that's similar to like playoff atmosphere. So what's your gut feeling on when you think we're going to have games again? I don't know. I think it depends on the government. Um, being able to to have more than you know fifty people in a room uh, on on the court. You got both teams. Both teams is thirty plus training staff, coaching staff. That's over fifty. So I think in, until we're able to be in an environment like that, uh, we won't be able to practice, let alone have games, because you have so many people in the building, so many people in the facility. So um, it's it's really just depends on the government and how everything turns around. But if you look at China in comparison how long it's taken them to kind of turn things around from, from the first case to now. There's, the CBA still hasn't started back up yet, although players uh, have flown back to China. We're looking at some months, um, depending on how the, the United States responds. And once again, that also depends on how many people are actually quarantined, how many people are actually going to stay in the house, how many people are actually going to not have gatherings and continue to socially distance themselves. Uh, all, the, all those things will play a factor for sure. Like, I admire Mark Cuban's optimism, and he said, you know, in recent interviews that he thinks mid-May seems feasible. I think that kind of seems ridiculous, and would take a miracle for that to happen. I mean, it feels like June, mid-June, maybe late June, certainly July seems more optimistic, but are you guys, you know, you and the rest of the Blazers and other guys you talk to in the NBA, are you guys all kind of of the mindset that you're not going to be playing in front of fans for a while? I'm in the mindset that we're in a unique situation where we've never been in before and you have to be prepared for anything. I think that's my mindset. I'm prepared for anything. Um, in terms of a, a later return, uh, I think that based on where we're at right now, you have to be open to anything because this is unlike anything we've ever seen. So whether it's two months, whether it's three months, whether it's jump into the playoffs, I'm prepared for for anything and as they say you have to prepare for the worst as well so i'm prepared for the worst all right have you thought about the playoffs thing because i've seen people throw around like tournament ideas like you you probably don't want it to jump to the playoffs because right now the blazers are in the ninth seed right like you want to keep playing i'm guessing uh, yeah i mean it's tough if we jump right to the playoffs then you got to bite the bullet uh some will say you had 60 something games to get yourself in position to be in the playoffs so uh, that part of that is on us but um, not being able to finish the season is is tough. It's unfortunate, but it's out of our control. So you just got to kind of roll with the punches, live with it, and whatever they, whatever they decide, I'm sure we'll have a, a bit of a say in, in how we go moving forward. But hopefully we can knock it out. Yeah, definitely. Um, like we well, let me, I want to ask, well, hold on, yeah, Chaps, I want to ask a few more schedule questions because there's obviously a ton of scenarios that could get played out here. So, CJ, say hypothetically the season comes back, you guys have playoffs through July and August, and NBA champion is crowned, you know, say roughly around Labor Day weekend has kind of been the most likely scenario. That means the NBA has to push back the offseason and kind of change up the calendar. You know, there's all of these hypotheticals that maybe the NBA in the future starting next season could start the year on Christmas and then, you know, have the calendar be changed completely. Where do you personally stand on that? Would you be all for the NBA, you know, drastically altering the, the calendar to kind of be the sport of the summertime and, and change up something that 
we've all been used to schedule wise? I'm not a fan of a, a Christmas start personally. I think it, it shifts the calendar too much in terms of summer league, in terms of the draft, in terms of preparation from teams, you know, trying to watch college, trying to figure out who they're going to draft, trying to get, you know, situated with that while still worried about the actual NBA season in July. But um, I think that it's something that they have to kind of decide and figure out. Like, is it, is it something that just is postponed and happens for a year? Or do do you figure out a way to get back to the normal schedule? Do you just change it, change it completely? And 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 now that we're always starting on Christmas, I'm I'm not sure. But once again, I'm not sure when we'll even be able to start up. So it's hard to to kind of fathom a Christmas start in the future when we're actually just not playing right now. That's something we never thought would would actually happen. Um, in years past, I think this is this is the first time the NBA has ever stopped midseason. It started late before, but it's never mm-hmm. been football in the middle of the season. What about yeah. the group text, though, when you guys are going back and forth? Have other guys said they'd be down to start the season later on and, again, try and capture a new audience with the playoffs hypothetically going down in summertime, you know, in seasons to come? We haven't, we haven't really talked about it. Uh, the conversation we have with the NBPA are more so – when when uh, when are we potentially getting back in the building? What is, what is the government saying? Uh, what do doctors believe is best for us? Uh, just kind of going through that process. I think that's more so what we're worried about: um, health. You know how 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 safe are we being day to day? How safe is it for us to go back to the practice facility? When would it be safe for us to go back to the practice facility? When would it be safe for us to have practices and actually um, be in contact with with more than six people, more more than ten people in a room? Those are more so the questions that I'm getting from guys um, and, and what we're kind of discussing. Like, what's the timeline on that? When, when do they think we'll be able to, to go to hot yoga at a public place? Like, that, right. that's more the the discussions we're getting. Uh, when we'll be able to dine in a restaurant. Because like, when you can do those things and you know you're getting closer to returning to physically being able to play in front of fans. Yeah, 100%. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, your most recent podcast, uh, this caused a stir on Twitter. The most five most unstoppable moves NBA history. Mon, uh, you did uh, Ginobili's Euro Step, AI's crossover, MJ's fadeaway, Hakeem's dream shake, and uh, Kareem's skyhook. Did you think that that was going to blow up on Twitter like it did? And do you think that uh, did you reconsider any of those once you saw some people chiming in? I didn't think that it was going to blow up. It was just like a conversation that you would have with your homies, like. You know, sitting after dinner, you're watching TV, and you're like, yo, what's the, what's the most unstoppable move? And they gave me a list, and here's the, here's the unfair part about the list. <laughs> the list had, like, 10 all-time moves. So there's some moves that weren't on there. Um, like, the Schmitty wasn't on there. Um, it had, like, a Shaq drop step or something. I'm like, uh, drop step, like, I'm not putting that on there. <laughs> um, there were some moves that just didn't exist, like Kobe's palm fake. Um Anything LeBron? Like, I saw a lot of people tweeted about LeBron, obviously. But it's like, does LeBron... LeBron, Like, I'm from Ohio. But (laughs) what's the go-to? Like, LeBron has a lot of moves. We're talking about moves that have revolutionized the game. Like, Tim Duncan using the backboard has revolutionized the game. And it wasn't even on my list. So I just had to pick from what was basically there. And and that's what I decided. And I think that it was a a solid choice. There's some other things that could have been added on, like Derek's one-legged tape plays legendary but once again some things just weren't on my list 
But what's the top move of all time, in your opinion? The top move of all time? Wow. That's tough. I don't, I don't know if I could just pick one. Looking at looking at the game of basketball, there's like there's just different eras. So you got the you got the the skyhook. Um, you have all those different moves that we've seen from each era, and now like looking at the era we're in now, a lot of players have kind of put it together. Like James Harden step back. Like that's something that will be talked about forever. He's revolutionized and, and and kind of helped the step back evolve, so to speak. So I think. As I'm playing right now, it's hard to just pick one move that I think is just like the greatest move of all time. But obviously, um, I think in past in past uh, basketball eras, it was the hook, the jump hook. It was unblockable. There's a sky hook. There's a running hook. There's ways you could kind of revolutionize it. Early on in basketball, people doing drop steps into certain moves uh, changed the game. Then Tim Duncan came and was the big fundamental, like all skill, finesse, pivots, pump fakes, glass action, hooks. He had everything. And then you got into like the the more carefree era of Allen Iverson, where it's in your face, crossovers, pull-offs, making guys fall, hanging the crossover where it's a borderline carry. And that was <laughs> after the Tim Hardaway tween cross, which was like quick, aggressive, violent. He was breaking people off. And then you get into Jordan, where it was just everything you wanted and more. He had like the flashiness, sticking his tongue out, the, the post-ups, the fadeaways, the shimmies, the reverse layups. He had a little bit of everything. So I think there was just so many different errors that you could pick one player from that like, brought something that changed the game. But in your opinion, all right, so you, so you mentioned all those moves. I would say personally, I think Kareem Skyhook has to be number one because, I mean, Christ, Kareem's the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. And you named a few of the current moves. So if you're going to put one current move today, whether it's Harden step back or, uh, you know, whatever, Giannis barreling over guys or, you know, Curry doing something, who has the most unguardable move in the NBA right now? Most unguardable move in the NBA right now. Clearly, I'm asking you so you can make some headlines for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to. You're trying to get me. <laughs> I don't know. I want to say I don't know. There's a lot of moves that are hard to guard. There's a lot of guys that are hard to guard. Like, I don't know if Giannis just has one move, but he's very hard to guard. Steph hasn't played most of this year, but he's very hard to guard. has a lot of Dane can shoot from 70 feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, The game has been revolutionized. James has a step back. That's hard to guard. He gets to the free throw line whenever he feels like it. So there's just, it's hard to just be like, this is the, um, the most unstoppable move. There's a lot of guys who have something that's very hard to stop. But I ain't going to just say some such and such is like <laughs> unstoppable. Nah. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Luca or Trey? <laughs> no, we got we got to get an answer for this because we need this answer. We this, need these, these, are, these are the fun debates, you know. Kim, comparison is the thief of joy, man. All right, all right. No, no. Long term, <laughs> long term. Who you taking, Luca or Trey? Completely different players. Oh my god! Completely different situations. One's in a playoff team. One's in a team that's not making playoffs this year. So you can't. You can't do that. I won't. I won't do that to either one of them. They're both very good all-star talent players for a long time. I mean, you could you could flip a coin and pick one and be happy with either one. Man, CJ, you copy. Right. Don't cop out on that. Right? You, yeah, you thought I was gonna pick one? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. 
That's diplomatic. All right, but you know, the duo debate has been a debate for a long time, and you and Dame always laid your stake to it. Duos are, you know, now back in in the NBA. So, how are we feeling there? How are we feeling with the landscape of the duos and where you and Dame uh, kind of fall in? Um, I think there's a lot of good players in the NBA. Oh. A lot of good players. <laughs> um, a lot of good guards. A lot of good point guards. A lot of good shooting guards. Some good bigs. So, I mean, I'll just put it like this. Um, I'm, I I think I'm a very good basketball player. I think Dane's a very good basketball player. I think um, we've shown that we're we're good and we can take a team uh, to a high level. Um, I've been in the league seven years. I made the playoffs six straight years. If the season ended today, this would be the year I don't make the playoffs, but I don't think I would count it because no one would make the playoffs. <laughs> 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 would probably technically be alive. Um, so I'll just leave it at that, man. We figure out ways to win games. We figure out ways to get the job done and have historically uh, since I've been a starter full time in this league. So I, I think there's a lot of good, good talent out there. And I don't like, I don't compare myself to other people. I compare myself to me. Like what my standard of basketball is like, there's a lot of, Guys who get it done in different ways, and I salute them. All right, so let's ask you a question about a player you're going to actually give us an answer on. And we'll ask you about Carmelo and what Melo's brought to the table and brought to the team as a whole since he signed on with Portland, was it, back in November? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn, was, was it November? Yeah. It feels so long ago at this point. Yeah, this season is a blur. But, yeah, Melo's been great for us. Man. He's a really good dude. I've known him since before. Um, he became my teammate, but obviously I know him a lot better now. Um, he takes great care of his, his body. He's an ultimate professional in terms of his approach. Uh, understanding of the game, obviously he can do what he does on the court. Uh, he can impact the game, but just more so his impact. You know, always being positive, as he says, he stays mellow. Uh, I think that's rubbed off on a lot of guys. And uh, he's gave he's given us a boost. We were in dire need of uh, a punch. You know, we needed a a jump start, a kick start, if you will. We've gone through a lot of injuries, a lot of things that had happened. Even the game he returned um, for us in Milwaukee, I believe it was, or New Orleans first in Milwaukee. Dane didn't play. Whiteside didn't play. Nurk was hurt. Rodney Hood. There was just a lot of guys that were out with injuries, and it just kind of showed where we were at. And um, I'm glad he was able to kind of kickstart and come back into the NBA. I know he was close to retiring. It was a mutual situation where he was able to get back into the league and we were able to get a punch, a boost by someone who could help us uh, right away and prove that they still belong in the league. No, 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 no. How ridiculous was it that he wasn't on a team for as long as he was? And, you know, people really questioned, you know, how good Carmelo Anthony is at basketball. Like people seemed like they were surprised that – he stepped right in onto the Blazers and, you know, played well. Like he wasn't Carmelo. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Out of sight, out of mind. I think people really forgot what he was capable of. I think the perception of who he was as a player changed. Now, obviously, the Houston situation did work out. Uh, Oklahoma traded him, uh, waved him. Or, I can't remember, remember what, what happened with that situation. But I think people kind of forgot who he was. Who he was. Like he's not a Hall of Famer. Like he doesn't have this huge body of work uh, of – Competing at a high level, being an all-star, uh, getting buckets, scoring a variety of ways, and, and helping teams win. So it's funny how people kind of just forget 
like you, you sit out for a year and people are like, oh, he's this, he's not, he's not this, he's not that, he's not this. But it's like, well, he's been great at doing X, Y, Z for so long. He's not going to just forget how to do it. And your knowledge of wine has just gone through the roof hanging out with Mello, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he loves Burgundy. He has a he has a strong, strong liking to Burgundy. So I've, you know, put him on to some organ, some organ pinots, a lot of stuff we have in the Willamette Valley. Um, we've shared and swapped a lot of different wines. He's, he's big on Burgundy, and now he's a he's fan of the Willamette. Um, Willamette, the Chelan Mountains, um, all that stuff. We got some really good volcanic soil out here that that produces some some marvelous blends. All right, so you so you really know your stuff right now. So let me ask you this, CJ: If I'm going to be spending five hours making a nice bolognese sauce on a Sunday, what should I pair my bolognese sauce with? What should you pair your bolognese sauce yeah. with? I usually go the Pinot Noir route, but if you got another recommendation for some red sauce, let me you know, let me hear it. It depends on your mood, but um, I would say with the meats and cheese, good girl, good girl. With the meats and cheese, sorry, I have the, you know, you got to put your, your doggy voice on for the dog. With the meats and cheese, uh, depending on your mood, I would start with maybe a rosé, especially if it's nice outside, rosé all day. And then switch over to the red, depending on what you want, probably a soft red. Uh, so it doesn't really change the texture and the taste of your pasta. I'll go to soft pinot. Something that's uh, more light body, as opposed to a strong cab that will be uh, medium to full body and really give you a stronger, stronger taste, and also probably more of a hangover the next day. So I would say go with <laughs> probably depending on what, what vineyards you like out here. You got Adelsheim, you got Soder, um, a Domaine Serene, uh, you got Walter Scott. You have a lot of different options to where they can produce a soft pinot for you. Um, more specifically, probably, in, uh, I would go for the 2015, the year, the year 15. It's a very good Pinot out here. There we go. Again, some nice wine recommendations. CJ, I got to ask, I was watching your interview with Chris Haynes, the most recent one you did earlier, and you kind of talked about how you unplug completely. Nine to nine, your phone is off. Only select people can get a hold of you. Do you find that that's something that a lot of NBA players do? Because that seems pretty... Uh, you know, individualized towards yourself, like especially around trade deadline, free agency, you know, like you seem pretty unplugged when most guys say they're like, they got Woj notifications on, you know? Right. But yeah, me and Woj are friends. I always told Woj, if you ever hear anything, you know, you just let me know. That's all I ask. Give <laughs> me a little heads up. That's, that's something, something has or is about to happen. But obviously during free agency, like I'll make exceptions. Um, I'll put my agent, I'll add my agent to my favorites. Uh, but other than that, man, if I if something ever happens from nine to nine, like I'll find out at nine oh one. Like <laughs> I'll find out at nine oh one AM or if I'm on my phone already, I'll see it. But I think that's just time to kind of get away because we live in a world that's super, super hectic. Um there's a lot always going on. There's a lot of things uh that are in our control, a lot of things out of our control. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm in a happy place and really enjoying home when I'm at home. That's good. You know, you, you always got to have a good homebody. I've seen, you know, you've been on social recently. Uh, it, it definitely seems like you're like you're cooking for the whole household and everything. So it's, you're it seems like you're uh, taking the isolation in, in strides and it's kind of what you're just into anyways. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, you got to make the best of circumstances and situation. I think this is a great time to kind of find your peace, find your joy. Um, be OK with stillness. Be OK with being in the house. 
accept it, embrace it, and, and figure out how you can kind of build and take advantage of some other things that you may not have dedicated time to normally. I think this is the only time in our lives that we will be in the house um, like this, forced to be in the house and not work and not do certain things, which which allows us to have more time uh, with our family, with our loved ones, to FaceTime. Like, think about how often we're FaceTiming uh, family and friends now compared to so, when, so much. Uh, I didn't. Past. I don't think I've ever FaceTimed before before this started like three weeks ago. All right now we're like living on FaceTime, like nonstop. How, what would you do for a Swenson's burger right now? Man, I love Swenson. Down, down. They Are don't. You, Adam down. and Zion don't know, dog. Yeah, what like, the hell Swenson's, are you guys talking about? Swenson's is a burger place in uh, in Akron and Canton, Northeast Ohio, and it is better than Shake Shack. It's better than In and Out. It's better than all that. That sounds like I fake news to me. Honestly, Swinton's is legendary. CJ, back me up. It's better than In and Out and in, uh, and uh, Shake Shack. <laughs> oh, Shake Shack! Ah, you had me there. But I mean, honestly, Swinton's so good. Sometimes I think about flying home just to get it. No, nah, you're wild. <laughs> That's real shit right there. That's I've thought the same. I said I, said I think about it. I think about it. I'm not going to do it. I'm staying home. <laughs> Staying out the way, but I've thought about it. Absolutely, I have. But real talk, in and out is absolute trash, right? It's not trash, but I In-N-Out's think it's not trash. No, in and out is trash. Come on, this is not. It's good. overrated. It's overrated. It's not trash. All right, it's overrated. Yeah. All right. All right. But, but yeah, uh, I definitely got to revisit this because this definitely affects me too. I mean, in 2018, you had that little chat with a uh, KD. You know, all that little. Uh, beef, not really beef there, but you know, discussion that you know when he went to the Katie's the homie, man. I know, yeah. I'm trying to make beef, son. I'm not trying to make beef, man. This is this family right here. Uh, you can't make beef. It's like, think about it like this you make fun of your friends all the time, right? Yeah, you say my friends are probably worse than what I say to my enemies because they're my friends, (laughs) but you know, you you voiced, you know, when he went to the Warriors, blah blah blah, you weren't, you know, happy about it. But when he made the decision to go to the Nets, did that uh, give you some relief of some sort? Because you you definitely were bothered when he went to the Warriors. I wasn't bothered, man. I just expressed my thoughts. Bro. Like I said before, (laughs) I was never bothered by it. I just said that I wouldn't do it if I was him. But I'm not him. So I can't, like, you know how you say, somebody asks you something and you comment on it, and then they're like, Oh, well, you feel this way. It's like, these are my opinions. These are my thoughts. <laughs> hey, he can do what he wants to do. He can go to the Toronto Raptors for all I care. You know what I'm saying? It's his life. But I think for him, uh, he enjoyed himself. And in, in Golden State, obviously, me speaking from what I can see. Like, I don't know if this is true or not, but he, he won multiple championships. He won multiple MVPs. He had a great time. Uh, he got he got to see what it was like to play with probably one of the more entertaining teams in the history of the NBA in terms of the pace, the way they play, how they share the ball. Um, it was like it's like it's almost like the Showtime Lakers in terms of like the, the crowd, like they sell out every game, the tickets skyrocket prices. So he got to experience all of that, see what it was like, and now um, he gets to go to New York and play in what hey. is considered the mecca of basketball, just not with the Knicks. But you're talking about KD. I'm talking about you. What was your reaction? Were you? Did you have some type of relief? Like, okay, okay, now we we could take over the West a little bit. He said we could take over the West. I had a I had a pretty good inkling. Uh, he was heading to New York. 
Um, so I already, you know, was kind of uh, think he's gonna go to New York. So okay. I think a lot of people were um, glad he left the Warriors. Like, okay, glad that's over. Uh, as a Cavs <laughs> fan, I was very happy. <laughs> like, I think a lot of people were like, "Ooh, glad that's over." That was a, that was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> long, long they were just really, really good. Uh, virtually unstoppable with all those uh, players, all that talent, all that shooting. Um, like, how do you, how do you guard uh, KD, Steph, pick and roll? Do you switch it? <laughs> you tell us, dog. We know we never been on the court with them. <laughs> like, what do you do? You know what I mean. So that was that was tough, but um, that's over with. And I think he's, he's happy. He's turned the page. He's with Kai. He's with. DeAndre, they're they're going to have uh, something special in the East Coast. Do yes, you do do does the NBA free agency talk bother you? Because a lot of fans now are like pushing back against. Oh, why is ESPN all, only talking about where Giannis is about to go? They never talk about the games. They're only talking about free agency and that kind of stuff. Does that bother you? No, I think we're like a, a soap opera. Where will he go next on this episode of whatever? Like, it's great for the game. Um, people are really interested in movement. People love player movement. They love a Woj bomb, a Sham bomb, a Chris Haynes bomb, or whoever else drops a bomb. They love that excitement of change rapidly happening and going to the video game and, and going to the store and seeing players in different jerseys. People love that stuff. So I think it's good for the game. It's good for our sport. And um, it shows freedom. Freedom of movement. Like, if you're a free agent, you have a right to go where you want. If your contract or term is up with Apple or Google or whoever you're working for, you have a right to go wherever you want. And I think that's what some people uh, tend to forget, that, like, players have a right to do what they want. And I think it's great for the sport. I think a lot of fans appreciate it. Until it's your team they're leaving. <laughs> you really appreciate it. That's, that's a good point. I think it's it's definitely interesting to hear from a player's perspective because – you know, when you do watch a game and you do, you know, you want to watch Lakers, Bucks, and all they're talking about is Giannis's future, you're like, well, talk about the game a little bit, you know? Right. No, no, I hear you. I hear you for sure. But that's that becomes the territory. When, you, when you're talking about arguably, you know, top three player in the NBA, it's going to be a, a big deal as to, like, where he is or isn't going to go. No matter who's playing on TV, they're going to talk about it, especially – when they're playing the Lakers. <laughs> That's one of the places he could go, right? Oh, old, old CJ. <laughs> I'm saying, like, I'm not <laughs> saying he's going to go there. I'm saying that people love that storyline, so when, whenever they do play, they're going to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, like you said, it's kind of like, a you know, the nature of the beast. It's kind of like part of the NBA culture now. People do love to – I can't tell you how many times I've – tweeted the the Cavs should trade Kevin Love for you over the past three years. So uh I you know I will admit that. Is that that's probably the most popular yeah, fake trade in, in Cavs history. Have you seen that? You and Bill Simmons. You and Bill Simmons are, are the ones that want me to be a class I clean Galloway. <laughs> I mean I mean come on home dog it worked out for LeBron. We can get back. Let's nah, do it. Ain't you, nothing know, in Cleveland. you know I'm Ken, right? You know I'm not from Cleveland. Yeah LeBron's from Akron. What we we blend lines. Yeah. Bro, we need to cover this because everyone is not from Cleveland. Like, you just claim everybody from Ohio and just claim them as Cleveland. It's not the same thing at all. No, it's Ohio. It's the brotherhood. Well, I'm a 45-minute drive away, depending on how fast you drive. Yeah, that's drive. not that's 
He's not drive, drive, drive fast. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. I, you guys got to let me have this. The Cavs are likely never going to be good again in my lifetime. And, you know, so I just have Anything to deal with that. Possible, man. You never know. They got a lot of young talent. Anything can happen. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, CJ, before we get out of here, we do a weekly trivia thing. You down to do some Blazers trivia with us? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. First question. The Blazers entered the NBA in 1970. Their first ever draft pick went on to win NBA Rookie of the Year. Who was he? 1970? Yes. You know, I was born in 91. Um, <laughs> or 96. Really? Ever Their first ever draft pick went on to win NBA Rookie of the Year. Who was he? No. 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 <laughs> You stay all day when you have a dog. No, no. no. Um, do it, do I get like a list of like five players? I, I don't even have the answer here, so I don't know. I'm gonna guess. I was gonna guess Bill Walton. That's who I was gonna guess, but I don't know. I was gonna guess Bill Walton because they won it in '77. But all, the only statistic I know is that he won Rookie of the Year. I don't know anything yeah. else. Nothing else about his career. I'm gonna guess Bill Walton too, just because everybody's yeah. doing it. They won a championship in 77. So was that his seventh year? <laughs> no. Jeff <laughs> Jeff Petrie is the answer. Man. Oh, uh, Jeff Petrie. Uh, I don't know. That, bro. All right. Well. Yeah. He tied that year with Dave Cowens. Oh, like Adam comes through with information as, as we all guess wrong. As he Googles. Yeah, right. Google. Google. I, I did right. Google that way. You guys were pondering. So that's why I didn't chime in. Okay. <laughs> well, this, this next one's easy. In the 1984 draft, Portland picked Sam Bowie over who? Come on, bro. In the you night, have to uh, if you're a basketball fan. 1984 draft, Portland picked Sam Bowie over whom? Michael Jordan, right? Yep. Oh man, you said right. Don't don't add a right after. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm just thinking because uh, we already had Clyde Drexler. We could have had Clyde. We could have had Clyde and uh, MJ, huh? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, but the way rosters were built back then, you had to get the big man. And KD, if you want to go to later in life. Oh, oh, oh. I'm just, but Oden, was, Oden was, I mean, Greg Oden was so nasty. He was. He was. But he was, but Oden, he was a 30 year old in a 20 year old's body. He was nasty. <laughs> very good. Yeah. It's just, I mean, but Blazers' draft history since then has been very good. You know, you and Dame, so. We're good there. All right. A Browns one before we get out of here. After having no team for three seasons, the Browns returned to the NFL in 1999. What was their win-loss record their first season back? 99. We made the playoffs. Mm, no. 2000. No? No, 99 was bad. The year off. Yeah, 99 was bad. 2000, 2001 season? Yeah, with uh, Holcomb. Remember Holcomb? Yeah, we had Holcomb. And, and is that that's when we had uh, – What's his name? Uh, uh, it's when the, I, uh, the white running back. What's his name? Peyton Hillis. Hillis. Peyton Hillis was much later. Hey, yeah, we had Peyton Hillis much later. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't even know. That, I think it's 2-14 and 14 their first year back. I don't even know. It was bad. The Browns always suck. Wouldn't you assume it's an atrocious record? The second year that they were back, they made the playoffs, as CJ said. They're three and thirteen, probably. 
I'm going to yeah. say two and four, Tim. Yeah, three and 13. Here. That's about right. Final answer, three and 13. All right. Let's see. Two and 14. So even worse somehow. Congrats, Chops. You guys are such a joke of a franchise, man. It's amazing. Don't do that. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't do that. It's Rex. CJ, before we get out of here, you believe in Baker 100% because a lot of Browns fans are, have turned on Baker. Why would I turn on Baker? Browns fans on Twitter. If I don't, I don't know how deep you get into the Browns Twitter, but a lot of them have turned on Baker. I haven't. I've Turn stuck with Baker. him. Hey, he's still young. He's still got time to figure it out. Um, and I think he will. I think he'll figure it out sooner than later. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing his development. Um, he's going to be all right. Baker's he's mid. He's a mid quarterback. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is better right now. You said he's. He's a what? Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield right now. Right now. Numbers don't lie. Did Daniel Jones set the turnover record for a quarterback last year? Nah, you're you're looking too much into that. Oh, yeah. Looking too much into a turnover record. Yeah, I got you. Hey, hey Manning threw a lot of picks early on in his career, too. So did Brett It's, it's not even picks. It's the fumbles. CJ, you are very correct. Uh, CJ, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? We really appreciate you uh, calling in with us. Hey, man, my Browns will make the playoffs next year. There we <laughs> go. That's how we end it. I love it. Y'all delusional. Delusional. I love it. CJ, Browns thank you so much for joining us. Playoffs, nine and seven. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 11 and five. I'm a little more optimistic, but, you know, nine and seven, we can do that too. 11 and 5 is way too aggressive. Last year I said 10 and 6. <laughs> oh, both of y'all said 10 and 6 last year. I think I said 13 and 3 last year, oh, to be right. honest. If you look at this, if you look at the way we lost games, we could have easily went 10 and 6. The Raiders, yeah. that was just despicable. We had like three games where we missed field goals. Rams, we missed field goals. They called late hit against against the Steelers. It was clearly not a late hit on Miles Garrett. They called a late hit, rough in the pass. <sighs> yeah. Yep. It's fuck Mason Rudolph in this house forever. I can tell you that, CJ. <laughs> Neither here nor there. You guys be safe. I'm going to go. Make sure. <laughs> CJ, thank you so much for joining us. Stay safe, man. Stay quarantined. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, big thank you to CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers for calling in with us. Adam, I thought that was really cool. You know, he's obviously got a lot of time on his hands right now, so it was good to check in with CJ. Yes, also A-plus job on dodging all the times we tried to corner him and to get him to say something truly, truly, truly ridiculous. I would make headlines, but again, savvy individual that knows journalism um, and knows the game. He squirmed out of them expertly. So props to CJ for at least taking all the questions and answering some of them. But he gave us some really interesting answers, especially, you know, Zion, when he talked about the KD relationship and kind of how that's materialized. Yeah, uh, CJ is called a pro's pro who will not let anybody get him, which huge tip of the hat to him on that. Uh, you know what? Another fun episode. I feel like we're getting into a good groove, even though we can't, none of us can see each other and we're all just quarantined and, you know, dealing with this new reality. But uh, I really like where this is going. And, you know, we appreciate everybody listening, tuning in every single week, even when there's not sports on. This is a sports podcast with no sports. And we're just, you know, trying to, make it work and trying to bring you guys the best content possible. So we appreciate you guys for myself, Adam on LA Zion in his bunker, wherever that is till next time. We'll see you guys.
Of course, special shout out to our producers, Alejandro DeJesus and Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Craig Clayton and Josh Dodd. Mixing done by Jasmine Plata. Our editor-in-chief, Damian Scott, shout out to him. Director of video operations, Jen Stewart. Load management is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Never forget that the Load Management Podcast is the number one sports podcast for your listening pleasure.